This is episode 87 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. I, I tend to interrupt. I'm, I'm still learning. Steven Johnson is on vacation being tattooed in Thailand. But not to worry, because today Tim sits down with two successful traders, Roland Wolf. We have completely different trading styles. He's more of a short seller, obviously. I've been more long biased in the past. And Michael Hudson. I thought I didn't like waking up for pre-market at 5 a.m. I thought I didn't like it. Turns out I love it. And they share some great insights that have led to their success. That's the kind of situation where you start to think to yourself, it was five cents a week ago, it's 90 cents today, and what's it gonna take for this stock to get to a dollar fifty? Also stick around after the discussion for another current event segment, This Week in Steady Trade with Tim Bowen. And now I give you Bowen and Wolf and Huddy. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Um, got a couple of our past guests back again, back together. Probably two of the top three most requested guests to, to kind of come back on the, on the show. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people joke. I actually joke it myself. I, I tend to interrupt. I'm, I'm still learning to podcast, I admit. And, and in both, as I've, I kind of skip back and watch the, uh, interviews. With Huddy and Roland Wolf, you know, I, I interrupted a few times. I'm, I'm my goal of 2019 is to is to watch. You know, I've already watched like a thousand Joe Rogan podcasts. Maybe I need to watch all 1,300 and learn to actually just sit back and listen. Maybe I should like smoke six joints like Joe does, and maybe I would chill out a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I've got my uh, Huddy here as well as Roland Wolf, and both of them were on. I think over a year ago or, or at least quite some time ago. And they've got a lot of new stuff. You can see they're together um, as well as, you know, just kind of want to ke- get up to date on what they've been up to over the last year, what they're, what they've got planned for the future, um, you know, business wise, trade wise, what's been working, what hasn't been working. So Huddy, Roland, welcome back. Thanks, Tim. Um, so yeah, a couple of the things that uh, we're working on in, in the macro sphere is we're both I like working the, on the, as I as I interrupt before you can get started. Yeah, there I we like go. The, I like the contrast of the hair. <laughs> and he just got it shaved and I let it grow out. Exactly. <laughs> so we're both kind of in the process of um, making our way into the educator sphere, um, teaching you know the things that have kept us in the game long enough to see consistency. And uh, we both got separate things going on, and we're both working on things together to. Uh, create some content where people can really flourish. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, I met Huddy in Orlando just this, you know, this last year and we kind of hit it off, you know, a lot of similarities. Obviously he's a bit younger than me, a little, you know, young gun, but, um, but it's cool. I mean, you know, we kind of hit it off. We have completely different trading, you know, uh, styles. He's more of a short seller. Obviously I've been more long biased in the past. Um, so we've kind of just been getting together. Actually, we've been trading quite a bit together now and it's kind of cool. I have kind of a check system like right behind me and we're (laughs) able to bounce ideas like long versus short, which is really cool because, you know, generally it's just you, your computer and your own biases and all that stuff comes into play. But, but it's kind of fun, you know, having, uh, someone that you can bounce ideas with and kind of keep you accountable. So So on one, on one hand, we've been doing a lot of trading together. So that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, we're just kind of working through content. And I just released my guide a couple of weeks ago. Finally, it took, had a bunch of setbacks, but we got it out. Um, we've been getting some good, some good response from that. And, um, so yeah, just have the guide. We're doing a couple boot camps here and there. 
um, just small groups, you know, just getting out there meeting people and, and it's been really cool so far. So we're just going to kind of see where it goes and no real concrete plans. Um, still just trading full time. So, you know, we'll see where it takes us really. So are you guys kind of, you know, I know like, how do you've been doing some traveling, but are you guys kind of like working out of an office together then? So yeah, we're in, we're in Roland's office, um, to touch up on your traveling remark right there. So yeah, I've been, I've been traveling ever since, uh, May when I graduated college. Um, I did three months in Europe, did a month in uh, New York, done some time here in Arizona, Los Angeles. And, uh, I'm really just kind of searching for that ideal time zone to trade in and, what I've learned since May is that I thoroughly enjoy my, I thought I didn't like waking up for pre-market at 5am. I thought I didn't like it. turns out I love it because the ability to be done trading at 1pm, 2pm and still have half your day to accomplish other tasks that you need to do to better yourself is, is such a chip on my shoulder. Whereas if I was in New York or London, I'm finishing at, you know, 4pm or 9pm. And that sounded really uh, appealing at first. And now I realize that that's just my whole day sitting in front of a computer and, and I'm going to go insane. Yeah. I've said it for years. I mean, even going back to like you guys mentioned Sykes Orlando conference, you know, I was presenting at that six, seven years ago. And I, I've always been jealous of, of the of Pacific time zone. I think, uh, you know, that would be, well, which, which are you guys, what are you Pacific or what? Cause it's Arizona. Arizona. Arizona's Arizona weird. is wise and doesn't participate in the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blew my mind. Day, daylight. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like, wait, there, there's somebody that doesn't participate in the idiotic <laughs> idea of, of daylight savings time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So right now markets open at 730 a.m. here. Um, once daylight savings is done, it'll be back to 630, just like the West Coast. Uh, but we don't change our clocks here. So it's kind of nice, you know, like come winter time, I get basically an extra hour to sleep in or so, something like that. Which it's, but, you know, it's darker in the morning and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, there's a trade-off, but, I mean, we both love West Coast time. You know, it gives you a whole rest of the day to do whatever you want. Um, another issue, you know, that I've spoken to a lot of people about is like PDT trading and part-time trading when you're on the East Coast. That's kind of difficult when the market's opening and you have to be at your job. Whereas over here on the West Coast, you know, you have an hour and a half to play with or something like that, you know, and you get the really good volatile high volume times to trade. So I, you know, I kind of took that for granted, but it is, and I'm still trying to come up. I don't know if you have a solution for that uh, in terms of part-time trading on the East Coast. I know you've done it, but that's tough. Yeah. You know, and, and what I did and, and is, is, and, and, you know, the nice thing about it was, you know, I had the business, I was learning trading back then. So I didn't have to trade. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that people try and push it a little too hard, but I would just, you know, I would, I would do my planning early in the morning and then I would, you know, now I always like to tell it because people, I was known as the part-time trader for every, for years and years. But I always like to give the asterisk. I mean, I was the business owner. So it's like, you know, it's not like yeah. I was on a factory floor pulling a crank trying right. to enter trades on a phone. You know, I had the freedom late afternoons. Now, I would bust ass during the day. But, like, late afternoons, I love those late day shorts, those yep. faders, you know, the VWAP breakdowns. Yep. But just full disclosure, I could just – shut the door and tell people don't bug me till four o'clock. So (laughs) there is a little bit of a blessing that I had in that, in that fact. So for sure. Yeah. It's uh, 
we, I mean, I really enjoyed on the West Coast and, and it was kind of the same thing for me, even, even though I was on the West Coast. I mean, I was working for my father at the time. And as I became more and more successful, he kind of let my hours for work kind of dwindle down until eventually I made the full time switch to full time trader. So. I mean, I think the key is to have that moment in time where you can disconnect from whatever that thing that's grabbing your attention is to be able to put your attention towards the market. And if you don't have that ability, then you're handicapping yourself. Yeah. I mean, even college for me allowed me to do the same thing. Yeah, I've, you know, I've talked to people about that, you know, and you mentioned the Orlando conference, which I'm going to, I'm going to touch on too, but, uh, you know, I mean, you probably kind of got to have a cool boss, but I mean, you could, yeah. you know, my thought is, you know, well, obviously you had a good relationship with your dad, you know, just, just say, Hey, you know, give me that two to 4 PM window or give me that, you know, eight to 10 PM or 10 AM window and I'll work till six o'clock or I'll work till seven o'clock, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it's not easy, but it's like, I don't care, you know, I don't care what the side hustle is. You know, if you're watching Gary Vee and you're trying to, you know, sell sneakers on the side, I mean, you got to be able to carve this time out and, and trading's no different. So tell your boss, say, Hey, you know, I will bust ass for you, but give me this two hours, give me this three hours or whatever. So, um, and hopefully you can make it happen. You got to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is like, early on, you don't really have too much business, like placing a bunch of trades every single day anyways and trading all day. And a lot of that time can be spent studying and doing other stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world as long as you're using the time that you have in the most efficient way possible. And for me, that meant, you know, like watching guides and doing whatever else I needed to do in my off time outside of work uh, to really push forward. So, I mean, yeah, it's not the end of the world. And eventually if the time comes and you're lucky enough and you've done the, the work and you have a talent and whatever else it may be, then you can go full time. And then it's, and then it's pretty awesome. Obviously you need screen time. That's important yeah. as well. And you can't replace that. So, I mean, it's just a matter of finding that balance between everything. We all have so many things going on in our lives. And I mean, that's something I'm still working on with three kids and, we're building a home right now and we're selling our home and trying to teach and trade full time. I mean, it gets really hectic, but there's 20 yeah, something, hours in a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something I, uh, that I did and, and I recommend on that note, and we'll kind of move on from this, this part-time trading theme. But, uh, you know, what I would do is I'm, I'm old, you know, I'm like 75 years old. So I love my paper. I love paper. But I think this was good. You know, back in the day, I would, I would basically print those charts and I would mark up, okay, I think, you know, this stock's going to go from here to here. This is why I'd, I'd write on that. I'd put it in a three ring binder. And a lot of the times, you know, I couldn't get back to the desk. So then review those and, and see, okay, I thought, you know, candy was going to, was going to push the morning highs and run to nine. Okay. If you get back home at six o'clock. What did candy do that day? Right. You know, were, were you right? And that's a way, you know, just like practice, you know, it's like, I, I make the sports analogies, you know, Tom Brady plays three hours of football a week, but he's doing a bunch of shit all day week, all week long. And, you know, put that in and, and maybe, maybe candy's at six bucks when you get home and you're like, Whoa, I was wrong on that one, but do that work and grease that groove. Yeah. And that's why he's the goat because I mean, <laughs> I mean, he spends all his spare time studying and he spends all his spare time watching film 
and making sure he knows what's going on. And then for that three hours, he knows what he know he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows when the defense does this, this is what he's going to do, and he has a plan B and plan C, and you know, along with obviously their staff. And it is the same thing. I mean, it, you know, there are only a certain amount of trading hours in the day, and within those trading hours, there's only a certain amount of time that you should be trading, anyways. You know, I mean, midday you kind of chop that out. There's like three or four good hours of trading during the day, anyways which is one of the reasons I always like your strategy so much in terms of part-time traders. I mean, you get, you know, a lot of people, you'll get the question like, is this an overnight first thing in the morning? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what. I always love that question. It's yeah, like, it's always yeah. the question. It's like, <laughs> you know, you got to wait and see how this thing pans out throughout the day. And then, and I like it because especially if you're trading part-time, I mean, you get levels that set up with volume and, you know, it paints a really clear picture for you. So, I mean, that's such a good time if you're trading part-time to trade because you have levels to work off of. You have risk and, like, a lot of things as opposed to, like, super volatile morning spikes and trying to catch them and then hold it overnight. Not going to happen for the most part. So, Yeah, I always say, you know, it's like, you you know, when you're looking at it in the morning, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to trade this later, but this is what I want to have happen. And if it falls, say, if it's a long, if it's a breakout you're looking at or something, if it falls apart, good, you know? Right. Bust ass at work that day. Totally. Get your get your errands done. You know, go check on your house you're building, and then you come back tomorrow. You know, I think that, and this goes for full end part time. I mean, people think that the the secret is to sit there and freaking. I mean, one of the reasons I sold my business was because of the freedom of trading. I mean, I'd made a job in my business. I had to be there, and then people, I think, make that mistake with trading where they're like, they turn it into this. 60 hour a week job and, and, you know, pick your setups, pick your plans. But if nothing materializes, go do something else, man. So yeah, that's, I was caught up in that big time, uh, last year. And, and there's something to be said about screen time, of course. Well, especially when you're new. Yeah. Yeah. You got to sit there. Yeah. But I'm to the point now where I can wake up, look at my scan and turn it off. If need, turn off my computers and say, there's nothing (laughs) here for me. And maybe I'll miss that one random popper that day or whatever happens. But for the most part, you know, it's, you got to be smart about it and utilize your time properly. And if there's just a bunch of crap on the scan and that comes with experience, obviously, and knowing, you know, knowing what you like and what you don't like, but you know, I've, I've become much smarter about it. I've, it and it keeps you away from a lot of crappy trades. If there's nothing good out there that, you know, that kind of fits your style of trading then go do something else. Be productive, you know? Yeah, especially if you're under the PDT. I mean, you're, oh, you're, yeah. uh, people always look at me weird when I say this, but I'm like, if you're under the PDT, your goal should be zero to maybe two trades a day, you know? And they're always like, zero. I'm like, man, zero. if you're under the PDT, you need to be exceedingly selective. And nothing wrong with being like, okay, you know, I got all my index cards. No, no, no. And now you're not wasting a day trade. And then, you know, come Friday, when something does fit your criteria, you're like, well, shit, I'm out of day trades. I can't trade it because you were, you know, you were making stuff that didn't fit all your list. And, you know, I think you brought up a really good point with uh, your candy example earlier, where you said, if you are trading part time and something demands your attention, well, you have a plan for it. And then you don't watch it all day and you come back and you see if your plan worked out. And I think, uh, you know, a problem that a lot of traders go through is that if they miss that initial move, if they miss the play, what happens is they'll go after the other crap that's moving and they'll stop watching the main play, which is fitting all the criteria. 
And at the end of the day, they're learning from the BS crap that they shifted towards because they missed the play instead of watching how the play ended up, watching to see if there's a day one, day two, day three move and learning the type of price action that accompanies a stock on a certain day. Um, they get too distracted and they think, crap, I missed the move. This isn't the stock for me. And it goes back to screen time. You have to watch that stock and you have to understand how the price action is going to set up and whether you're going to be comfortable in future circumstances. And you have to review those plays, the ideal ones. So I, I kind of like to shift gears. I think, you know, that, that was great stuff. I mean, I mean, you know, the majority of our listeners are new traders and then, and thereby majority are, are part timers. So I, I loved your guys's input. Um, Next thing I'd like to move on to is, is, is the boot camps you've been doing. Um, and, and you'd mentioned Orlando. Um, obviously this, this might sound like a commercial, but, uh, you know, I think there's a couple things I wrote down when you talked about it. Number one, you know, whether it's a commercial or what, I think sites conference in Orlando is a ridiculously good deal. I mean, it's 300 bucks for three days. You get to, Ask guys like Roland, Huddy, Tim Gratani, Michael Good, you know, it, on down, Triforce Trader, all these guys, you get to ask them questions. Um, and it's a hundred bucks a day. I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people, if you live in a major city, you probably spend a hundred bucks a day on food. Okay. You know, and coffee. But so I think it's a great value. And then the second thing, what I love is the fact that you were like, Hey, Huddy and I built this relationship after meeting each other at the Orlando conference. And that's something I, you know, I've, I've opened up the conference a couple of the last couple of years. And that's a point I always start with. I'm like, man, look to your left, look to your right, look behind you because trading's a lonely game. And man, you can get the blinders on where you're just like, you know, your tunnel vision and there's huge value to be able to look to your right and say, Huddy, what do you think about this? You know, I'm thinking about going along this and he's like, well, wait, you know, there's, you know, there's warrants, you know, they're, they're, they got an ATM, you know, you really want, you know, so there's value there. And uh, so, so yeah. So I say, again, if you're a new or growing trader, check out that conference for 300 bucks. And number two, talk about the, uh, the boot camps and kind of maybe your, your, what you're doing there, uh, upcoming schedule, how they, how someone could join, et cetera. You know, just, just to throw in a, a, a quick input right there. If you had told me before the conference, September 1st, that, hey, you might be living in Arizona come four months down the line, I would said, walk out that door. Like, that's <laughs> never going to happen. Why the hell would I go to Arizona? Here I am in Arizona. So, yeah, that conference, you know, if anything, changed the course of my life in, in some manner or way. That's huge. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean – one of the best parts about Tim's conference is just the amount of people there. You know, I mean, you get 700 traders in a room whenever, I mean, there's no other opportunity to have that kind of group and everyone's like-minded. Everyone wants to get better at trading. Everyone loves trading and it's really cool. I mean, I go home and my wife is like, okay, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she doesn't, you know, I mean, she's sick of it. She's sick of me talking about <laughs> trading. And um, so it is really cool. And, you know, like met Huddy there and he's a good kid and we just kind of, uh, it's cool. You get a kind of, we have kind of a point counterpoint thing going now when we're trading as well at times. And, and it's kept me a lot safer. I know that. And I, I speaking to him for him, but I'm sure it's kept him safer as well. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I mean, as far as what I'm doing right now, we're just going to do a couple boot camps, just a hit LA, New York City, really small groups, you know, 30, 40 people. Um, 
keeping it super, super reasonably priced as well. It's not, it's not really about the money so much, but getting out there and, and meeting people, putting faces to names. Um, obviously, you know, like when you're doing live work and you've done a lot of live work as well, it's, um, you get so much more accomplished when you can sit in person with a group of people and get into their problems and your problems and you all kind of discuss, um, and then watch and trade live together. That's when people are able to see like what you're actually doing. You know, I mean, you can talk about your strategies and your scanning and whatever else, but until you kind of see it in real time and put it together, I've just found so much like valuable information there. So yeah, I've helped out Sykes with, with a lot of those events as well as I think both of you have. And, yeah. and it's funny because to me, I love it because first of all, everybody's, you get this great energy. Everybody's fired. You know, they've traveled across the country. Some have traveled across the world. To right. yeah. And it's like, everybody's fired up and you know, it's like, and I, well, first of all, you're never done learning trading. I don't care if you're 12 years or 20 years in, but to me, it's like you get in that group and I feel like I'm getting better and I'm learning from them as well. And it's just, it's a cool vibe. You know, I did, I did an event in Santa Monica a couple weeks ago, same thing with a lot of guys that are, you know, into fitness and all this stuff. And, and it was a, basically a mastermind group, you'd call it. And man, you walk out of there and you're just freaking fired up. I, it's, it's a, I, I it, it's amazing the power of, of getting together with a bunch of like-minded individuals, whether that be fitness or trading or whatever it is, you come out of there and you're just like, man, I'm ready to get after it. For sure. And, um, and then you get to kind of get a, you get to see what the common problems are with people. And it's really the same things over and over again. You know, I mean, people have the same issues. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's made me a better trader. Like the teaching aspect has actually made me a much better trader because, I've been able to quantify like my strategies and make sure I have my data correct. Um, you know, a lot of it, like you said, you get that tunnel vision and you're just trading and you're not, oftentimes people aren't really thinking about what they're doing. It's just kind of a habitual daily thing that you do. You put your scan on and you just start trading away. Um, and the, you know, the teaching aspect and meeting other traders and speaking with traders and finding out what their problems are help me to identify my own problems and make sh- and keeps me in the basics, which are so important, you know, um, in terms of, in terms of like your daily habits and I'm able to make sure, okay, I haven't been thinking about this. Maybe I'm slipping back in certain aspects of my trading into bad habits and you know, you're able to identify Pay your electric bill. <laughs> I've got a timer in here. It goes off every 20 minutes. I think this happened last time too. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I made a, on a webinar just a couple of days ago. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan because he's a little bastard like me, but it's hard not to respect. And I, you know, I get it from a team, from a, you know, maybe he's not, but, but you got to respect him no matter who you root oh, for. Oh, he's my favorite. And uh, the, the analogy I made was, you know, I oh, was your favorite. I, <laughs> I coached, you know, fourth grade, uh, football and, you know, you get to the end of the year and these kids know how to play football. They know how to do everything. You know, you can, you can, t- you know, what's a, what's a pitch? What's, you know, how, what's the two hole? How do you block? You know, how do you pull and, and run the option? They know all this stuff and it's all the basics, like you said, but there's a big difference between knowing, you know, what to do and executing on that stuff on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, it's like you, you kind of catch yourself. Cause we all make the same mistakes. You know, the biggest thing 
remember, if you're a new trader, you're going to screw up. And you're going to screw up forever and ever. And Roland and, and Huddy probably made a mistake today. If they didn't make one today, they'll make one tomorrow. But the biggest thing you learn is recognizing that and being like, whoa, this is wrong. Get me out. Or, whoa, I won't take this trade. And that's what gets you into that you know, next level. So it's just the basics, basics, basics. But the more you can execute. And, and yeah, I, I get that when I go to those masterminds as well. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's really anything. I mean, you have the football analogy or like playing the guitar. I mean, you could watch, you could watch DVDs all day long and how to play it. But if you're not actually practicing, you know, it's not going to, uh, you're not going to be able to watch a DVD and then just shred the guitar. You know, you do still have to execute and you still have to, you know, I mean, it's, it's still, so it's finding that balance between study time and actual practice time. Um, for me, it comes down to in terms of like mistakes. I want to be aware if the mistakes I'm making are avoidable, like my personal mistakes in terms of execution or not having risk or not having a plan um, and separating, you know, mistakes like that out with just what happens with price action. You know, I mean, anytime you, you put your trade down, it's still a gamble, you know, it's still going to go up or down. And am I sticking to my plan? Am I, am I doing, you know, the parts of my process that keep me safe? Did I not go through the filings? Did I skip steps? You know, am I, chasing for some reason are there certain things that i'm doing that are under my control or is it just you know bad luck in the trade and then it's okay it's still an okay trade i still cut my loss so for me you know i mean in terms of performance and it's just like you know football it's still you can know everything you still have to perform and i want to know and this is what i track personally with my trades is was the did the loss come down to my performance did i do something that was avoidable that i shouldn't have done was i underprepared something like that or did the trade just not work? And it's, you know, it was still an okay trade. I just lost. And that's how I kind of try to group that. I try to understand if my performance is struggling because of something avoidable or is it just, you know, the trade didn't work out. And there's a big difference between those to me. And the ones where it was under my control, those are the ones that are alarming to me. And then I have to take a step back and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? As opposed to maybe just the market conditions aren't right. So. So what I'd like to jump to next is, you know, what is, you know, something that we get asked a lot in the comments is, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're looking for, you know, that setup, you know, they're, they're, they're looking for, you know, and, and we, I tell them on every episode, you know, you got to experiment, but they're always kind of looking for what should I be looking for? So I, I mean, I'll go left to right, you know, honey, what's been your kind of favorite strategy, favorite setup, you know, the last few months, I would say, because things change, obviously. But uh, so I'd like to, you know, what's kind of, what's your favorite thing you're looking for, break it down, and then we'll go to rolling. So I've, I've been refining my edge uh, ever since September. I took quite a bit of a tumble um, thinking that I was king of the hill and I could short anything. And I had to realize, I had to figure out for myself what I could short and what I couldn't short. Um, what stocks I could attack that are green on the day, what stocks I couldn't where am I getting into the most trouble? Um, so where I like to go first, um, stocks like natural shrimp, SHMP that just ran from five cents to 90 cents. It's OTC listed. And that's the kind of situation where you start to think to yourself, it was five cents a week ago. It's 90 cents today. And what's it going to take for this stock to get to a dollar 50? One of the longs going to give up and one of the short sellers going to start piling on. And, you know, the thesis behind the OTC short setup makes sense for that next day to be covered in selling pressure. 
Um, so I, I love the OTC short setup. I find that if you do know how to nail it and you do wait patiently for the extension first, that it's generally a situation where as long as you don't chase and you hit your entry where you're supposed to hit your entry, you're generally making money quite quickly and you're not down on your position. And first and foremost, that's the best position to be in, in my case, uh, when, you know, I'm not trying to fight, I'm not trying to buck trend and fight a stock into strength. I want to, you know, instantly see gratification. And the OTC short setup generally provides that feeling of gratification. So that's my favorite short. Unfortunately, it doesn't come around too often. I mean, you got to really stay patient. Um, phenomenal gains are possible, 30 to 50% in a day. And so, you know, if you hit five of those a year, you're doing phenomenal. The problem is, is there's only five, six, seven a year, and you need the discipline to not go after everything else that's moving in the market. And that's right, where right, everything right. just, just if, you know, you know, I know I'm interrupting, but you know, I'll let you finish. But you know, the thing with with SHMP, if you're you bring up the chart for you know January, February 2019, the stock went from a penny to ninety some cents, so it was up ninety five hundred percent. So you have you you can't short you know anywhere in there. You have to wait for that breakdown, and that means a lot of just freaking staring at the screen for days, sometimes weeks. If you can do that, it's a great strategy. But I think a lot of new traders don't have that patience or that time. Right. To some degree, you do have to see it enough times to realize what extension is and what to really be patient for and what really looks good. Um, And so, yeah, so that is my my favorite setup. Uh, What I then traversed in, unless you want to go. No, go for it. uh, What I then traversed in was I started – taking some losses in September and October because the OTC market had kind of fizzled out after our Bitcoin and our marijuana's uh, hot streak. And then CVSI was crazy in the summer. And then we kind of fell off the cliff with uh, OTCs. And so I had to go back to my bread and butter, my foundations. And something that I've been working on is it's not enough for me for the candlesticks to dictate me hitting the buy or the short button. I, I took that whole idea out of my head and now I need a good why or a good thesis as to not only are the candlesticks aligning with the stars, but there's also this background story that's going to help my thesis be better than a 50-50 candlestick chart, right? And so I began the process of digging through filings, looking for conversions, looking for warrants, looking for dilution, looking for weak balance sheets. What is a weak balance sheet? What is a strong balance sheet in terms of penny stocks? And um, that's helped me sort out, you know, am I going to attack this stock that's green on the day or am I going to attack this stock that's gapping down and it's an overextended gap down? First and foremost, I love overextended gap downs. It's the first time the stock is red on the day. It's the first reason that longs have a reason to sell. And it's the first day that shorts are really going to pile on. So it makes sense that there's going to be a morning spike of some sort and then the rest of the day is led with selling pressure. Um, now, if there's something I can as well add on to that thesis, Maybe there's uh, conversions happening at cheaper prices. Well, that'll help me say, okay, I'm going to short it like an overextended gap down, but where's my patience going to be at? Am I going to let the dilution continue on for the whole day? Or are the buyers going to regain control and it's going to start spiking up on me and I should take 10 to 15% profits? And that's what I've been refining since September, um, maximizing profits instead of just the nail and bail uh, type mentality. And that's been, you know, I'm four years in. And I still have so much more room and growth. You know, I've only been doing this since September. And this is probably the biggest thing that's been attributed to my trading since I started. Yeah, I think that you mentioned the story and the why. I think that is something, you know, I I tell everybody, I don't care 
if you're, you know, I, I use a lot of checklists in, in stocks to trade pro is like training materials and stuff. And I tell everybody, I'm, I don't care how bad your process is, but have a process, you know, what, what are these things you're looking for? Build that story, build that why, and then execute, you know, and, and, and you guys know this, we've all as veterans, we've, you know, it's like so many new guys get in the trade, then they start looking for the why, you know, they see some stock up big, they get in and then they're like, oh, okay, let me start figuring out the how and the why of, of right. what this moving, you know. If they do that. <laughs> if they do that. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I love that, that story, that why. Work on that and just track it, you know. It, you know, your process may be terrible today, but just keep tweaking it and tweaking it. And, you know, Huddy's four years in and, and he's still discovering new stuff. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, I mean, when we talk about process, that's literally what my guide's about. It's, it's supposed to take you from, you know, start to finish on just having a process in the first place. And basically it goes through my process and look, these are the steps I go through that get me to each trade. And there's a ton of steps in between my skin and trading. There's a lot of steps now, obviously it's my process and I've, I've, it's a lot quick. It's much more quick for me than someone who's going to be picking up what I've been trying to do. Um, you know, I can, I can basically break a stock down in a couple minutes at times. If need be, I can break it down, see what I need to see. And especially if we're trying to go long, um, and you're trying to catch a day one move and you're trying to catch, you know, some kind of morning move. A lot of times they happen quickly. So you don't necessarily have three hours to sit there and go through a 10 K page for page. Um, and that's, so, you know, really all I'm talking about in the guide is like, you know, the question, like you said, what's the secret pattern? Like what's the, what's the one strategy that's going to build your account? It doesn't exist. I mean, there are some great strategies out there. Don't get me wrong. But like he said, you know, it's like one of his favorite strategies only comes around five or six times a year. You're going to have to have other tools in your arsenal. Um, and then you're going to have to have a process that, you know, keeps you safe. So for me, that's, you know, that was the main point I was trying to make in my guide was like, it's not the patterns. It's not just the patterns. It's not just the setups. It is the filings. It is the time of day. It is the market conditions. It is the sector. It is everything. And if you could put that all together and keep it all in mind and keep the macro picture, both with that stock and the markets and everything else, um, you'll have better success if you can have a better thought process and, you know, an actual process. If you have to write it down and you have to have a list of, you know, a checklist of what you go through, I'd recommend doing that, you know, just to keep you from chasing crap around. And it definitely builds confidence. Oh, for sure. And, and, and then you'll find, yeah, you'll I've, just, I've, to- I've been surprised, you know, you'll talk to new traders and you'll be like, you know, they're like, I'm on a losing streak. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Well, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's like everything I, nothing I do works. And I'm like, man, there's gotta be something you're doing. You know, it's like, so that's where I'm like, write it down, track it. And then if you, if you talk to a Huddy or a Roland or a Gratani or, or me or Sykes or whoever, you could be like, okay, this is what I'm doing and they can give you some input. But so many people just don't put in the work to like even track what they're doing or even have a list. They can't even tell you what they're trading. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it is crazy. I will answer the question uh, in terms of what I've been trading lately. So starting uh, November, I started short selling again. And that was actually kind of messed me up for a little bit there because I've been so long biased for so long. That's his fault. Um, you know, he short and, sellers, man, they're like, they're like, they're like ghouls. They're yeah, like, they are. 
I they, know. They, they, you know, it's like that devil on your shoulder. They, just, <laughs> they, they grind you down and they grind you down. And next thing you know, you're up all night drinking, you know, and it's like, oh, they're, they're evil, I tell you. So, so I mean, I get into short selling again. It had been about eight or nine months since I had sold short. And I was really enjoying it. But I, find, I found that it brought a lot of weird things out in my psyche and in terms of all of a sudden, I'm trying to pound these things on day one, you know, with size. I'm trying to short everything green on the day. And, um, and it worked out pretty well, actually. I did. <laughs> I, 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 it's not a good lesson because I sat through a couple losses that ended up being big wins. Um, well, we had, you know, the, the nice thing was, you know, November, December, pretty shaky market. Oh, yeah. Super you know, shaky. To, to the listener, bring up your, like, just the SPY chart for November, December 2018. It was pretty sketchy was, out there. It I mean, was sketchy. I remember one day I was with Sykes in December and the Dow was down 800 points, you know, so. Yeah. So, and so, I mean, I came back fresh and I found, uh, it kind of brought some of the darkness out in me, you know, I'm trying to smash these things and they're all pieces of shit to me (laughs) and like, and get aggressive and I got, I was getting too aggressive and I realized, uh, even though it had been working out, I needed to take off the gas pedal and so what I've been doing for the last couple, basically January, February was trying every day to be long biased initially to try to ca- still catch my moves because I've been able to catch such great moves. There's no reason to, uh, to stop doing that. So, you know, I've been trying to be long biased as much as possible. Um, first thing in the morning when we have a day one move, because that's my bread and butter day one long. I try to go long day one if I'm going long at all. Um, and that's, that's actually helped. <laughs> it helped, it helped me quite a bit, not, uh, getting a little too gung ho on the shorting. I guess I was just had a little FOMO from not shorting for so long, something like that. <laughs> um, I, you know, short sellers are dicks, you know, they're always, uh, trying to pound these things and they, you know, the glass is always half empty. So, um, so that's actually helped me. I'm still trying to be long bias day one, still trying to catch my day one moves. Um, and then, and then switch. And then if it's completely pathetic in terms of I've gone through my process, I've gone through the filings and it's a toxic, you know, stock and it's a pump and whatever else, then I'll still, you know, at times look to short day one. Um, but in terms, in terms of what I've been doing, that's, that's been a big part for me. I'm still trying to be long biased. Um, unless, you know, I can't be, and then I may look at the short side. Um, I've been working a lot with reverse splits lately for the last couple months. Um, I found that there's a lot of interesting things you can do around that scenario, particularly with NASDAQs and they have the dollar minimum bid requirement. Um, once they get that delisting notice, they have 180 days or so to get their price over dollar for 10 days. But you know, these stocks, I mean, if they've got 50 million in their float or 70 million in their float and they're trading at 20 cents, they're going to have a real hard time pumping that thing over a buck and then maintaining that for 10 days. So they do their reverse split they get their share count down. Um, and there's been a lot of interesting scenarios. And I was looking at all the supernovas from last year, from 2018 um, and 2017, and working with a couple guys who we, you know, have a group that we kind of talk about these things. And yeah, a lot of the supernovas over the last two years have been reverse splits. And it's, it's not rocket science. I mean, they get a super low float and then they have to keep their stock price over a dollar for 10 days. So they do a pump. 
So it's, it's, it's basically a pump and dump. A lot of them have financing in place already. Yeah, it's, it's really the, in essence, it's the evolution. It's, it's the, you know, it's the, the modern, day, modern day after SEC crackdown version of a pump and dump. And yeah. And, and it's the companies themselves that are doing it. There's no longer a promoter and it's, it's a really interesting scenario. So I've been experimenting a lot and tracking a lot of trades around that scenario. And I've found some good success. I mean, Quite a few one to twos. I mean, hundred percent gains. You know, at times pre market or whatever else it is, just knowing that they're going to pump, and I, it's, I found that to be a pretty powerful scenario. Knowing the motives of a company, the why, the why yep. exactly, yep. kind of like yep. we were speaking about. You have, I mean, if you need a why, and there's a pretty decent why there. So, been working with those, um, getting back into short selling. So it's been an interesting time for sure. So what, uh, what are, what are your guys' plans for 2019? You know, what, uh, you know, again, you mentioned the boot camp. You've got the DVD out. Um, you know, are you, what are you, what are your goals? What are your plans for the upcoming year? So definitely want to create some content. Uh, myself, I'm getting into the education, uh, sphere sector, whatever you call it. Um, just want to shine some more light on short selling. I feel like if you go to a bar and ask anyone how to buy a stock, 50% of them will say, I don't even know how to buy a stock. And then you ask them how to short a stock and they go, what's shorted? And so I think there is, you know, after four years of doing this, I have not necessarily like, I don't want to teach chart patterns and specific setups, but I do want to show people how to short sell and create kind of an instructional guide uh, to get you fully equipped um, to let you aware of all the risks associated and um, just, you know, give you an introduction to that side of stock trading because it can be very fruitful. It can be very profitable. And if you do it correctly, um, it, even if longing's not your thing, then this is a good avenue for you. So for 2019, I, I really do want to get that content out there. And um, I have a couple of things in the workshop, but that's first and foremost. For me, yeah, the guide was, I mean, that was lot of work. I didn't realize how much, you know, I mean, it is a lot of work doing those guides and uh, particularly I'm like kind of a perfectionist. So, so sometimes it would take me an hour to do one minute of, you know, recording oh, and you know, it would be 3am and my wife's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm trying to finish this DVD. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, yeah, that was a lot of work. So I've kind of, uh, I've kind of taken a step back after that process. Um, I just want to trade now. I want to trade you know, get back to just trading. I, you know, it took quite a bit of my time the end of 2017 and mid, or 2018. Um, so I'm just getting back into trading full time. I'm going to do the boot camps. Um, I'm going to do a couple of them this year. I'm doing like LA in March, going to do Dallas, New York city. I think three or four of them, I'm not going to do too many, um, get away from home for a little bit, you know, meet some people, but the rest of it's just trading for me. I want to just trade my ass off through the rest of 2019 um, and kind of break through my own personal ceilings in terms of some sizing issues and some scaling issues and stuff like that, that I'm working on. So, um, for me, the rest of 2019, uh, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to do a few boot camps, but it's going to be all trading. Cool. Nice. So, um, what, uh, you know, I will kind of, kind of wrap up here. I think we hit all of the bullets I had from my notes. Um, what, uh, since, since Roland had to turn the light on, how do you, what, how do, how do people find you? You know, where, where should they follow you? So as you start putting this stuff out, they'll know. Yeah. So, um, my Twitter and my Instagram are both at Mike Huddy. Um, and you know, on my Twitter, I'll be posting any content that I do release in the future. And even right now on my Twitter, um, I do post you know, daily recaps of the play of the day, if there is one, um, with my entries, my exits, my thoughts, 
And so, you know, that's just mainly for me to be able to go back and catalog what's been going on and keep it in my mind. It's kind of like a way to track my own plays. Um, but I also find that people do learn a lot from uh, these posts. And so it's my, you know, it brings me gratification to not only help myself, but help the community. And I'm sure if I do start, or when I do start releasing things, it will be through Instagram, through Twitter, and then also on Profitly. Uh, Roland, where, uh, where, you know, if someone hears this, wants to join the bootcamp, wants to buy the, actually, why don't you real quick? I mean, we talked about the bootcamp, um, give me kind of a, a rundown of the DVD and then where they go to find that. So. Yeah. So the guide it's, uh, you know, it's, it's mainly, I, know I say DVD, but yeah, the, it's okay. the video guide, it's okay. The Remember, I'm, guide, I'm, a senior, whatever. I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it's more geared towards beginners and small accounts. And so, I mean, the first couple chapters, there are a lot of basics there. And if you are a more seasoned trader, you can pretty much just skip over those chapters. Um, but, you know, it's the process part. After I talk about scanning, then I get into some filings. I think it's a really important part of the, of the guide is, uh, is when I get into the SEC filings. Now, I've watched good, Michael Good's guide. It's great how to read SEC filings. It's a little boring. It's really long. And, the, you know, it's a lot, a lot of stuff. I tried to make a portion where people will be not excited because filings are not exciting, but put rhyme and reason. So what I did is I took several tickers and we break down the daily chart and match it to the filings. So you can actually see the dangers in the daily charts. I mean, when I look at a daily chart now, I can be like, Oh, filing here, filing here. Most likely they've done an offering here, offering, you know, in certain spots just by looking at the chart. And you're able to see the dangers, especially to the long side when people are thinking maybe a gap fill kind of strategy because there's some kind of gap there. Well, you know, hold your horses. There may be something in terms of supply, some kind of an offering that you can find in the filings. Um, so, you know, a lot of uh, – in terms of the guide, I think that's one of the most helpful parts where you're able to really see match filings to the chart um, and really be aware of the dangers. Because if you're trying to buy stocks, particularly under $5 – your deal. It's like hot potato, you know, it's like a really sketchy area to buy stocks. And oftentimes you're just buying new shares from the company or whatever they're doing. So, um, so if you, you know, the guide it's on rwtrades.com. Um, same with tour dates, like any, any scheduling I'm doing for boot camps and stuff is on there as well. Uh, pretty simple. And then I announce it on social media and stuff. Um, so nothing crazy, but, um, the the big reason I asked a lot, a lot of our listeners are on iTunes, so they don't necessarily see the links and stuff. So, 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 so actually, if you don't mind, Huddy, spell out your, your Twitter handle. And then to the listeners, it's rwrolandwolftrades.com. Correct. And then, um, at Mike Huddy, M I K E H U D D I E. Perfect. So, uh, well, I'd like to thank you guys. I think we hit all of the agenda items I had from the questions. And to the listeners, you know, these are two of my favorite guys in, in penny stock trading. Nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, humble, hardworking. Nobody works harder than these guys. I mean, remember, go back to the original episode. I mean, uh, Huddy started out with freaking a $25 trading account, and he's still here four years later. Okay. Roland Wolf put in 16, 17 hour days. I mean, these guys work hard. They're an inspiration to me. You know, I look at what inspires me in trading is like, I mean, it's cool to see $10 million profits, whatever, but man, what inspires me is the guys that put in the work and grind and grind and grind and start out with a $25 account and they're having, and they're still here and they're successful and they're making the real money four years later. Okay. 
you're not going to do it in four days. You're not going to do it in four months. So that's what inspires me about these guys. And, you know, comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. Give us questions. I'd love to have these guys back again, whether together or by themselves. And, again, thanks, Huddy, and thanks, Roland Wolf. Hey, much appreciated. Tim. Anytime, thanks. Tim. It's good to speak with you, man. back to this week in steady trade we've got a lot to talk about in this edition particularly focused on something we talk about all the time and that's that's dialing in on hot sectors and and really uh focusing um there's a lot of lessons here a lot of stuff i want to talk about um and it, it really is that point where as a, as a newer trader or, or even if you're more advanced or, or further along in the journey, but maybe you've, you're a part-time trader. I mean, that, that was me for five or six years. I mean, even when I was five years in to day trading, which I mean, I guess in, in this business that, that, that's up there. I mean, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, to get to that five year mark is, is pretty rare because so many people, uh, you know, you know, take those big losses and take those big risks and, and flame out. That's why we always talk about that 90% that fail. But even when I was five years into my day trading journey, I was still a part-time trader. I had a business, had a growing family, had a lot of commitments. And this is something that, that I focused on back then was sticking with what was hot, sticking with the multi-day moves, sticking with the hot sectors and, NIO is, is a classic example of that. And, um, I've got it on screen. If you're listening to this on iTunes, you can check this out on, on, on YouTube and you'll be able to see my screen. But if you're not, you know, you know, if you're not on, have access to YouTube, if you're, if you're listening on your phone, you can bring up the chart for NIO basically from last week, which would have been the week of February 14th to 20th, somewhere in there. And then I'm recording this on the 26th and, and really where this trade is, is panning out as we plan. So. Let's break it down and, and why did we care so much? And, and keep in mind, um, if you were there, um, uh, last Thursday, I'm so messed up on my days, busy, busy time these days, busy market out there. Let me bring out my calendar. Um, the 21st, I did a webinar, um, where we, we broke down the idea on NIO. And why we cared about it so much. So, you know, this segment's a shorter segment for the podcast, but if you were in that webinar on February 21st, you can line it up and, and see how this trade played out, how the plan played out as it literally hits highs, um, as I'm, as I'm recording here. Um, so why is it, why does it matter? Why did, why do we care? So we had several weeks of, electric car, particularly Chinese-related electric cars that were running. I mean, this goes back two weeks ago, um, and the trade really planned out the last two days. So you had plenty of time to research. You had plenty of time to be ready. And so now you've got a sector momentum. So you're seeing electric cars, particularly Chinese-related cars, running. Then I go back to that Thursday, and uh, this is when NIO was eight dollars and already was up big but uh we caught the news that there was going to be a feature on 60 minutes now uh 
I jokingly call, you know, normal people, <laughs> uh, civilians. So, and when I say normal people and chuckle and I call them civilians, that is the majority of the population. These are people that probably aren't like you and I and aren't staring at the markets hours a day. I mean, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and, you know, lots of times there's not any stocks moving that early, but I still fire up my stocks to trade and I start looking for what's moving. And I'm watching those tickers until the market closes at 8 p.m. Eastern, you know, 4, 4 a.m. Eastern, uh, pre-market starts, 8 p.m. Eastern, pre-market ends. You know, that's 16 hours a day that, that you know, trades are happening. So I'm watching it pretty much all of those other than, you know, the occasional walk or, or a midday workout or, or something like that. But the majority of the population isn't watching stocks every second of every day. And that's what was so attractive to that 60 minutes feature because now, um, and whether or not you watch 60 minutes, I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think it's still one of the highest rated uh, television programs out there. Um, you know, obviously television viewership has been fading in the last few years, but if I had to bet, I would say that 60 minutes is still up there that it, it consistently brings in a lot of viewers. Um, so now you've got a hot sector. You've got a stock that was a recent IPO. NIO only started trading in, let me get my reference. It IPO'd back in September. So this is a new issue. Um, st- so that means, what's that mean? Still means that, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a lot of, you know, this is new to people. This is a new stock. This is something that, that hasn't, ran that much in the past other than the initial spike out of the IPO. So when we talk about bag holders holding stocks down, I mean, there there aren't that many bag holders because NIO, other than that day one move, and if you bring up your chart, you'll see it, for a couple days, it did spike as high as 14 and then pulled back, but now it's all blue sky. And if you're watching on YouTube, I mean, you can see that live. This stock is above every level for the past six months other than those first couple days when it IPO'd. So, um, so you've got a breakout, a sec hot sector, a mainstream media mention. So now your uncle, your cousin, your aunt, your mom might be buying shares of NIO because they, they, they saw this um, glowing piece on 60 minutes. We'll make a point to link it below. I, I believe it's openly available on the web now that the show is aired. Um, and then you can see, um, again, if you got the webcam, I'll break it down. We did a sheet in stocks to trade pro and these sheets, I think are very instrumental in helping you weed, weed out as many tickers as possible. When you've got 16,000 publicly traded stocks, you got to be able to break that down and get it down to, you know, half a dozen stocks. And then ultimately that one stock you're going to trade today. And we did this live in Stocks to Trade Pro every Monday night. We do what's called a strategy session, which is cool because it's at 7 p.m. Eastern and it's a little slower. We can, we can really kind of think a little deeper and take our time to really break these trades down and very consistently. I mean, if you talk to any stocks to trade pro member, you'll know that very consistently we locate very solid 
swing type trades that are perfect for that new trader or that part-time trader, even if you're advanced. Um, the, what, the reason we like these stocks is they make those multi-day moves. They don't have crazy volatility. So if you have to walk away to go to the job to do whatever, you don't have to watch it every second of every day. And this stock had pretty much uh, positives across the board. The only thing that I didn't give a, a positive on, so I have these worksheets where they're yes and no's. Um, the Checklist Manifesto was a great book um, that came out uh, several years ago, and it's really what I modeled these after. Um, you can check it out in the comments. Great book where you know they, they did a lot of studies about how simply following a checklist created much higher what I would call success. They they profiled uh you know pilots and they saw that accidents and, and incidents went down considerably when that pilot went through the checklist. Um uh medical as well, doctors, nurses, when they went through a, a checklist, they were much less likely to miss something and have someone, you know, have an, have a uh a relapse or whatever you call it in the medical industry, you know, in when they were still in the hospital. So that's what I modeled these sheets after. I think it's very important to have a process and a methodology. And the only negative I gave NIO was the fact that it didn't have recent earnings. Now, recent earnings are coming up. Uh, so keep an eye on that March 5th, 2019 date to see what NIO does. Because if it comes up, I mean, if we've got all these factors lined up, plus we get good earnings... I mean, this stock might not be done in the 980s, 990s where it's at today. So to close the loop, I want to, I want you to focus on many things as a, as a, as a new trader, or again, even if you're seasoned and you're a, a part-time trader, stick to earning season, stick to hot sectors, look for these stocks that are in the public's eye. I mean, I think back to late 2017 when Bitcoin went crazy. We had Bitcoin stocks going nuts. Every one of those companies was, you know, ultimately ended up failing. But that's a great example of the public looking to get involved. Maybe the public doesn't want to actually trade cryptos and Bitcoin, but they were rotating into these stocks. And we get these periods several times a year. So focus on hot sectors, focus on mainstream media coverage. Look for these, you know, look, focus on earnings season. You know, these are all these times through the years where I like to say it's an old farmer uh, saying, but make hay while the sunshine. And when there, when it isn't earnings season and when there isn't a hot sector, focus on your job, Focus on school, focus on your family, focus on improving yourself, but always, always, always look for the hot sector. And when we've got a multi-day runner like NIO with mainstream media coverage, with all these things that are lined up, focus on that. Thanks a lot, everyone. And we'll see you next time on This Week in Steady Trade. Hi, this is Sonia May from Albany, Georgia, and I like to travel the world while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. If you really like what you hear, 
give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Orlando. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>